we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Practice, man. I mean, how silly is that? this year cover three podcast tonight rams bills we are beyond excited we meaning myself and tyler hayward who has joined me the last two seasons successful seasons on this show um tyler how are we doing today uh, doing good looking forward to continuing our run all right and hopefully i mean i don't i don't know the jinxes that come along with this but i don't think talking about it's a great idea but there will be No jinxing, no luck, no nothing that is going to save the Seattle Seahawks in their comfy confines of CenturyLink or whatever they call it now. Um, As the chef, Russell Wilson, comes back to town to take on the Seahawks with his newly revamped offense, a little more control, a few more weapons, better defense. Um, Vegas is begging me to take the Broncos at six and a half on the road. Ask and you shall receive. Give me those Broncos. I think Russ rolls. I think this one's over early. And the Seahawks don't look like an NFL team. So I think, I think, um, I think this one's going to get ugly quick. Yeah, I'm not as sold on the Broncos, like, collectively throughout the course of the season as you are. But you have to have a dominant defensive line if you want to beat them because the offensive line I don't think is that. It's an improvement over what Russ had in Seattle, which was obviously the big reason or publicized reason why he wanted out. Um, But it's still better than what he had. You've got to be able to get to him. I don't think Seattle has the weapons to do that. I think, uh, well, he doesn't have a dominant receiver or – like maybe even as such uh, in Tyler Lockett as he had in DK Metcalf as well, um, which, he, which he's got going on in Denver. I don't think that the weapons are better, but I think collectively as a team, the Broncos are a billion times better than Seattle. I love their defense, their defense against Seattle's poorest offensive line and Geno Smith. It just seems to be a complete mismatch on that end of the ball. And between that and uh, Russ uh, doing what he does, I like Denver. Or yeah, I like Denver in this one. Yeah, and this this game to me feels like the Lions playing the Rams last year. Like there was a lot of trick plays; they had to do everything they could to make it competitive. I don't think Seattle is going to put this ball. They're not going to try to air this thing out unless they have to. Um, that secondary in Denver's too good. And uh, if you force it to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett with Geno Smith or Drew Locke or whoever, um, you're going to make some mistakes. And given given Russ a short field is not a great idea, especially a short field that he has driven down as many times as he has that one. Um, my thing, though, because I'm always intrigued by the, the frivolous, if you will, what kind of reception does Russell Wilson get in that in that building? Oh, I think it's got to be a positive reception at first. You, you know, you, you might 
Until he cooks them. Complete, completes his first task or something like that, more in jest than anything. Damn. But when they announce uh, the starters and, and if they end up announcing uh, his return, which I'm sure they will, I'm sure it's going to be a positive standing ovation. Yeah, and I mean it, that's that's one of those things. Like you get you get odd reactions everywhere, and this was this was an ugly breakup. But you got to think that Seattle they they're a sense they're a sensible fan base, and and they got to understand that what they had in Russell Wilson isn't something they're going to find again. But um, it, it to me it's like when Iverson came back to Philly. I think it's it's uh, going to have its mixture of people feeling some way, but generally it'll be the hero's welcome that he probably deserves. Um, I also think he's secretly petty enough to throw for 500 yards and six touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and and yeah, this this is all about Pete Carroll, and he's he's gonna put up, he's gonna balloon the numbers. But anyways, enough about Russ. We that that one's not till Monday. Where where are we going this for your first one? I'm taking Indy minus seven against Houston. I I just think. Uh... You know, you look at the defense, you lose an all-pro in Kari Willis, but the defense with Darius Shaq, whatever, Big Diesel, what Leonard, whatever you want to call him, um, is too dominant against a guy like Davis Mills. I think uh, you've got an unproven running back that, yeah, a lot of fantasy geeks were high on in Damian Pierce, uh, but we, we won't know what he looks like. I think Houston's offense is better than what people are expecting it to be. But I also think you have a legitimate quarterback who can thrive off the play action in Indy. Houston's defense is not that good. It's terrible, actually. And when you have the guy who was the best running back in the league last season behind you, I think it makes you all the better. And so I think Matt Ryan's going to have himself a day, and it's going to be a little more publicized now that he's out of Atlanta. And I think uh, I think the Colts are going to walk away with this. Yeah, and I, I think the loss, like like the way you feel about Denver throughout the season, is the way I feel about the Colts. I don't love them as much as most people, and and that's most. I mean, a little bit has to do with Kari Willis. A little bit has to do with I think one, the overrating of Matt Ryan at this stage in his career. Two, the loss of Matt Eberflus. I think Eberflus was the architect of that defense, a, a very, very solid defense at every level, and he's gone. He's now the head coach of the Chicago Bears. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they rebound, but, yeah, you said it. I mean, the glaring the glaring opportunity here is last year's NFL's leading rusher against one of the worst rushing defenses I've ever seen in my life. Um, this They're, they're going to put eight, nine in the box. Um, it'll give Matt Ryan an opportunity to shred him, but I don't think he'll have to. I don't think eight or nine is going to matter. That sounds like Wisconsin football. Jonathan Taylor will be at home. Uh, that sounds like easy money. I don't like road favorites, and we've started with two of them now. Um, so let's uh, let's go ahead and throw another one on there. Um, I am going to take the New England Patriots plus three and a half at Miami. I love Miami. I always love Miami. You guys pick on me for how much I love the Dolphins, especially their defense. I also think that Bill Belichick is the type of moral guy that, that feels some type of way about the way that Brian Flores was let go. Um, I think that 
Bill Belichick is notorious for proving points in situations like that. And I think he's going to come out and he's going to kick the shit out of them. Like, to be honest with you, I think end of the season on, on paper, the Dolphins are a better team at home. They should be, they should be just fine. I think he's going to confuse Tua. I think he's going to send a message and I don't think they cover. I think they win this one outright. I got the Patriots plus three and a half. I don't like that. Um, I, there's just something about when you add a weapon like Tyree Kill, the ways you can use him. And you said he, he can confuse too, and he absolutely can. The problem, though, lies if what if the Dolphins are hungry enough to throw that first blow? And I think that's going to be the case. You factor in the Dolphins' defense, too, going against Mac Jones. I know, uh, I know the Patriots got a little bit of leverage with bringing in Devontae Parker, but. I'm not sold that the offense can move the ball well enough against Miami. That said, it would not surprise me um, if everything you mentioned took place and the Patriots uh, end up rolling. Yeah, at any time you see a plus three and a half on a Patriot, it's tough. It's tough to avoid because they're they're yeah. not a they're you you they're one of those teams that you want to be on the other side of a field goal because you know they're not going to let it get out of hand. Now that I said that, they're going to let it get out of hand, but oh well. Um, all right, where are we going for your second one? Second one? Give me Green Bay minus one and a half against Minnesota. I don't even know how that's possible. Minnesota, Minnesota's a middle-of-the-pack team. Their defense is horrendous. Um, I know a lot of people are expecting a downfall with uh, Devontae Adams leaving Green Bay, but I just – don't see that happening. I think uh, it, it, there's something about Green Bay ever since Brett Favre when Robert Brooks left. Oh, who who's he going to go to? Well, it was Antonio Freeman. When Freeman left, it was this guy, and it just went on and on and on. There's always that number one receiver somewhere on the roster in Green Bay. And if it's Lazard, if it's if Sammy Watkins can somehow stay on the field for more than a quarter, if it's Christian Watson, the rookie who I just – absolutely in love with i think uh i i think the packers offense is going to be just fine the vikings still have a terrible offensive line um you got to keep kirk upright if you want to have success i know he's been top 10 statistically over the last couple seasons but the packers defense is incredibly underrated and if it's something where you have to use rogers to win the game but Leading up to winning time, you rely on Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon in your defense. The Packers can do that as well. Give me Green Bay. Yeah, and um, one and a half points is basically a pick em. You've got a high-powered offense in the Vikings with weapons all over the field. I mean, obviously, you talk about Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins, who's year in and year out just the guy for them. Um, Justin, Justin Jefferson is where the problem lies, and not many teams are equipped to defend against him, except maybe the Green Bay Packers, who have a Darnell Savage over the top, a Jair Alexander, an elite number one that can follow your one. Um, I agree. I, anything, um, anytime I, I can have Rodgers, and that's that's my tipping point, I'm taking that. That, to me, might be the best, most impactful football player of my life. I mean, I've, as far as on his team, like the guy, he's unreal. Right? Yeah. He has almost 200 touchdowns, the 
40 interceptions. It's just, I don't get it. I don't know how he does it. And uh, he's going he's gonna to do it, though. He's going to do it again against Minnesota. Yep. Um, so the most immediate and um, exciting to me is the showdown of the gunslingers that happens tonight. And that is, as tradition, the kickoff game with the defending Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams, hosting the Buffalo Bills as a home two-and-a-half-point underdog. I have dug, and I have dug, and I have dug, and I don't know why. I'm taking the Rams. This is two of the best teams in football. I get I get the home team without with with the road team having their shutdown corner on the PUP list. Um, I think Allen Robinson is a big game. I think Cooper Cup causes major problems, and I think that I mean the only notable offensive injury to the Rams is Van Jefferson, and uh, I know a lot of people make a lot of Odell Beckham not being there, but. I, I really, even though the hype's been there all offseason, I think people are sleeping on Allen Robinson. And maybe it's because I'm a Lions fan, but don't sleep on that guy. He will kill you. Um, but the, the the one thing I think is a little understated is people say they lost these guys. They lost Von Miller. They this and this. Well, they've got Ramsey back healthy. But don't forget they added the probably the best middle linebacker the last 10 years in Bobby Wagner. And people are saying, oh, he's chasing a ring. This, he's 29. Um, he's, he's 29. He's, he's still in playing shape, to say the least. Uh, I look for Taylor Rapp to have another, another year, another step forward this year. Um, I think this Rams team is reloaded. Offenses get better in their second year in the system. A lot of these guys, it's their second year in the system, including the quarterback. Um, the other side of the ball Obviously, Buffalo is loaded. The loss of Brian Dayball is a big deal. Um, I think he unlocked Josh Allen. I think he's about to unlock Daniel Jones. But it'll be interesting to see how this offense comes out without the guy that built it. Um, but, yeah, I'm taking I'm taking the defending champs. Plus two and a half at home, no doubt. Your thoughts? Absolutely. Absolutely. You set the tone. Um, if you go out oh, and you tear it, you're going against the Jets. This is this is where you make your money. This, this is, is where you sit out. out because you still win. Which would decrease your value. You You play the game. You run it up. You just completely destroy the Jets. Uh, they call... You know, Harbaugh calls a run play at the end of the game. When you're up by 14, you shift it over to a play action and hit Mark Andrews in the end zone for 45. I would, my fantasy team would love that. Um, but that's what you do if you're Lamar Jackson. You set the tone and you say, you know what, I'm going to prove my worth this year. I'm not going to sit out and be considered a distraction, be considered a cancer, and all those other types of things. You go out there, you play, especially against a team that you know you can destroy. Yeah, and I think Lamar Jackson's going to play. I think that's the way he's wired. But financially, I don't think it's a great idea. I know a lot of people say you honor your contract, blah, blah, blah. But this guy slipped to nearly the second round, and – uh 
he took his chance on blah blah blah. But I think that an MVP and shattering just about every record in three years is probably warrants you to maybe pay the guy. If if not for anything else, then to set the tone to show the rest of the team if you bust your ass, you're gonna get paid. But if I'm Lamar Jackson and I stand to lose 140 million if I blow my knees up, there's no way. There's no way. Well, because the, the, you've seen here, guys that done less than you get paid a lot more way earlier. Well, here's the thing too is you got to remember your knees can't get busted up if you don't get touched. <laughs> and I don't think he gets touched against the Jets. Yeah, this this is Kyler Murray's fault. The, the <laughs> Ravens, I mean the Ravens should have paid Lamar Jackson. I mean the the Chiefs did early, the Bills or about to, or did, whatever, but Kyler Murray came out and got his $260 million. If I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm going, wait, he got what? Yeah. And he yeah. did that? Like, okay, because And the coach million, doesn't try Lamar Jackson, the way he plays, that, that's risky. Like, there's there's no way. Like, he means way too much to that offense, and and other players, I mean, they can they can say what they want. Like, the dude is getting hit on every single play, whether it's by accident or by design. Like, he's there's there's a lot of plays in that playbook that aren't for other players that either wind up with him going out of bounds, scoring a touchdown, or getting tackled. Those are the only three results. Um, so I think if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm saying, hey, you know, I've I'm responsible for more of the offense than these guys. They got that kind of money. The way I play, risking injury, there, there's no way. I get, I get the other side of it, but if I'm him, selfishly, there's no way. Yeah, and I mean, look, you bring up really good points, and I think I made a couple good ones as well. And you, you go out there, it's whatever he decides to do. I mean, even if he doesn't play, I still take the Ravens minus seven. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I'd have any issue with that. I don't even know who the backup is. Josh Johnson. I have no idea. Who cares? Justin Tucker will win that one. Yep. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I love Baltimore. I've, I'm happy you picked Baltimore because I did want to talk about Lamar's contract a little bit. I mean, the dude. Like, if you're a Baltimore, like he's he's making it back in jersey sales and ticket sales. Like, just pay the dude. Yep. Unless unless you're going to find another one in the draft at 24th or whatever you're going to pick, pay him. Exactly. Because I don't think you're going to. <laughs> <laughs> and if you do, don't be greedy. We need one of those. Yeah. Well. But, yeah. Yeah. yeah th- this year, uh, this year, I think the quarterback selection, though, is a little bit better than last year. So <laughs> Baltimore may be able to find one at 24, but. No, I'm I'm right there with you. You you, you got to pay Lamar. And look, if you've heard me talk about Baltimore on this podcast before, you know I'm not the biggest fan of him, but you got to do it. You know, there's yeah. about mm-hmm. ten people that can do this job really, really well. I think there's a ton of really good quarterbacks in the league, but there's about ten that you can sit there and you can say, you know what, if we build correctly around him, you know, we can do some things. And he's one of those guys. So yeah. And I mean, you got a playoff team injured as long as Lamar's out there. Yep. So, 
But all right, that is going to wrap it up. Week one in the books. Follow along. Show us your bet slips. I hope you guys have all the success. We have at least 19 more weeks of this, 20. Um, and we're going to win every single one of them. So thank you for listening to the cover three. I cannot stress enough how good that feels. Uh, football tonight, NBC, Buffalo, the Rams, big gaudy rings, big gaudy defensive tackles, big gaudy arms on both quarterbacks. Can't wait. Um, enjoy football, people. Thanks again. They, they don't do anything. They don't do much off tackle. You know what I mean? Like a lot of it's up the middle, whether it be with Singletary or Allen. Um, or it's on the outside. Well, you have Jalen Ramsey on the outside against Stephon Diggs, and you have Aaron Donald up the middle, <laughs> and that's a little bit of a problem. Um, there, there's not that in-between game with Buffalo, and so I, I like the pick. I I don't know what it what it is about Josh Allen. Like the guy's obviously talented might be the most talented quarterback in the league. I get that part of it. But to me, he seems to be one of those guys who, I don't know, he just comes up a little bit short of MVPs, just comes up a little bit short in the playoffs. And in a game like this, the Rams are going to look to reassert themselves. You know, Matt Stafford's injury appears to be fine so yeah I, I like the pick I, I like the pick I'd I'd stay away from it just because of Josh Allen if this is a year that is his tipping point and he finally breaks through that glass ceiling but yeah I like the pick otherwise yeah I I mean I'm, I'm a little biased but everything on paper for the Rams looks like after what I saw from Stafford in that offense in a first year in a system that team looks like they should be almost unbeatable this year and um the the thing about Josh Allen, as I was digging into numbers, it's crazy. Like, like Eli Manning has this effect where in the regular season, he was average, below average, maybe. In the playoffs, his rating jumped about 20 points. Josh Allen, on the road, has a quarterback rating of 102. At home, it's an 89. I don't understand it. Um, I, maybe he can't play in cold weather. Either way. He's a better quarterback on the road, which gives me a little bit of reason to pause. I just, I can't find where the number came from. I can't. And don't tell me it's Von Miller. I don't even think he knew the defense when he was there. He was there so short. Um, yeah. There's, there's I, Maybe Vegas knows something. I don't know. Maybe there's something to the Stafford injury, but that is the only thing that I could think of that could swing this thing from where I would think it would be as probably a two, two and a half point favorite the other way. Um, to flipping the team completely. So um, I'm a little confused by that. It'll be interesting. I can't, what, 12, 14 hours? I can't wait. Um, so why don't you give us your uh, your lock, if you will, from a contract-riddled haven. <laughs> yeah, give me Baltimore minus seven against the Jets. The Jets still suck, period. Um, they added a bunch of weapons offensively in Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson. Um, Joe Flacco is going to be starting at quarterback. 
Um, and you didn't necess- you didn't see the spread move at all, but you saw the odds move. The Ravens were minus 105. They're minus 115 now um, with that announcement. Um, but Which I think I, I felt when they said Flacco was playing, I thought, oh, that's less of a chance of pick sixes. I think it's the same. <laughs> Baltimore's defense is too good. You pretty much ran uh, – you know, I know that you're replacing your coordinator, but – you're replacing him with a guy who's been on the staff before. He pretty much just went down and he ran the same thing with the Jabo and Hutchinson at U of M. Um, I think that, you know, you factor in the fact Lamar Jackson wants to just completely go off the season, especially if they don't get anything settled by Friday, which is the deadline according to Lamar. Um, J.K. Dobbins is back. He should be ready to go. Um, he's excelled quickly. Quickly, if not, you're going to see a lot of Mike Davis, which I feel like he's one of the more underrated backs in the league just because he's a career backup. Um, But he does well when he gets his opportunities. Uh, Mark Andrews was, you know, one of the top receivers in football last year, despite Jackson only playing 12 games. Give me Baltimore. Yeah, and there's a lot going on with the Jets in a good way. Robert Sala, I think, is living up to the hype in my book. Um, he's, he's turning that thing around, but I think that how slow their turnaround is going to be is indicative of just how much of a mess that organization was. Um, yeah, I, I there think were they, a lot of rookies this year to turn your team around, and that's never a good thing. I think I think they missed on their quarterback. I, I said that when they drafted him. Mm-hmm. So when when Zach Wilson got drafted, I said, I've heard this kid talk. He seems cocky. He seems entitled, and he doesn't seem like an NFL quarterback. And when they brought him up the up the draft boards, I said, "Where did this kid come from?" Everybody else on here, Lawrence and Fields and those guys have been here. Like they're they've we've known since their sophomore year of high school they were going to be here. Zach Wilson, on the other hand had one big year at BYU and all of a sudden he's better than them. Like there's smoke and mirrors. And uh, I think it's, I would say it's coming to light faster than I thought, but this is about how long I think it took. I don't, I hate to say this about anybody's career, but I don't think Zach Wilson reaches anywhere near the potential people thought he was going to, especially after this injury. Yeah. He, he's, He's, to me, he's going to be like Brandon Inge. You know, he's just one of those people who are just terrible at their job. But you know what? Moms love him. And yeah. so <laughs> that he's more of a distraction than anything. I mean, the fact he's on the bench and not center may help the not under center, not center point, whatever you want to say. Uh, the fact, I think it's going to limit the distraction around the team. But like I said, you're relying a lot on rookies on the offensive end, and that's not good against the Baltimore defense that seems to have only improved over the offseason. Yeah, and, and healthy. I mean, Baltimore team, we've seen it year in and year out. They, they have all the hype around them, and then come week nine, they're decimated with injuries. Well, unfortunately for the Jets, it feels like they play them in that healthy window every year. Yeah, and uh, I I don't know what it is, but it seems like week one is always me getting really really excited and Lamar Jackson hanging a fifty spot on some AFC East bump. Um, yep, and it's it was the Dolphins a few years ago, and it's the Jets, and it's it 
I, I don't know what it's going to be this year. Probably going to be the Jets and a couple more after that. But going back to Lamar Jackson, I mean, compared to us, obviously, it's a lot of money, $23 million. But um, that's how much he's set to get paid if he doesn't get a deal done. Um, three quarterbacks this offseason have made deals uh, upwards of $160, $175 million. Question is, do you play week one if you were Lamar Jackson without a deal? 